0: How many of you in here, you have kids? Wave at me if you have kids. Um, I am so thankful for our children. Uh, I can't believe I have a 15-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old son, a 9-year-old daughter. Uh, it's just crazy that God gives us the capacity to make humans, you know. It's a weird thing. Like, they're born, then they're getting older. And uh, there is something that when they first get born, and Angel, you know this, um, there, there is this little desire when they first get born, you want them secretly, you might not admit it, but you want them to look like you a little bit, right? It, you you can tell that maybe they look like your spouse and they got a little bit of you, but you'll even make it up. Like, I really think they have, you know, small eyes like me. And you're like, no, it's just because they just were born and they can't see, right? Uh, I, I I think I have, they have my lips, my ears, and uh And when they grow up, um, they do start to have aspects of you. And then they have aspects of like the good character you have. And when they don't act right, you're saying, well, that's really from your mom's side, (laughs) right? Uh, But it's a joy. It's a joy when you start to see your kids not only look like you, but take on maybe some beliefs or characteristics that are good. How many of you know it's the same as God or with God? God said that we are made in his image, and his main desire is for us to look like him. Now, God created the earth, and he had a vision, and he created. He showed us how to operate in faith and create. How many of you want to operate in faith and create? Four of you. That's encouraging. Uh, No, how many of you want to operate in faith and create? And so God has really given us a blueprint on how to do that. It is our faith that pleases God. It is not religion that pleases God. It's not just a routine that pleases God. Like these guys up here earlier, it is their faith. They don't know what they're going into. They heard God. They're stepping out with what they believe God is telling them to do. And how many of you know that pleases God? Even if you miss it every once in a while, God is like, I'm pleased with my son and my daughter because they got with me. They heard my voice. They're believing that I'm directing them ste- th- their steps and they're stepping out and I'm going to meet them there. That is what faith is. Now we can come to church and believe God is going to do great things. That is faith. When we say, man, I want to, I'm I'm coming together in a community and I believe that God is gonna break some things off my life or speak to me. I wanna, I wanna touch from him or touch somebody else. That is faith, but just checking off a box of saying, you know what, I'm gonna go to church because it's the right thing to do or I'm gonna read my Bible because it's an obligation or I'm gonna pray because I think that's what you're supposed to do. How many of you know that those are things called dead works, but when you pray in faith, when you read your word in faith, when you go to God's house in faith, it pleases God. And I want to give you something today that I, I feel like it is some simple applications of faith for you. Five steps to faith. And we're going to get that from Genesis 1. And they all start with S's because that's what pastors do. So five steps to faith. The Bible says in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created and the spirit was hovering over the darkness. God created. You might not think of yourself as a creative person, but you being made in the image of God has made you and formed you to create. You are creative no matter if you know it or not because you're made in the image of God. So God wants you to begin to dream and create Animals can't do that. You're the only species on the planet that are able to really dream. And this is part of our relationship with God. God wants us to have a relationship with him so that we can dream together. Man, we had um, corporate prayer yesterday and was praying in this room. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really feel like praying at first. Did you? Be honest. Okay, she's being honest. I didn't feel like, she's like, I didn't wanna be here at all. Uh, no, so I didn't feel like praying at first, but when you start connecting with God, and you start to connect with the Spirit of God, you get out of your flesh, right? And you start to get with God. I was telling some people that were in the foyer, I left here feeling different. I left here feeling light. I left here feeling full of faith because it is getting with the presence of God. It is getting in God's presence that we are able to dream with God. I want to read Joel two twenty eight. It says this, Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. How many people? All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see vision. This is getting with God. God said he created the earth with the Holy Spirit, hovering over something that was formless and God began to create. Let me ask you, what are you dreaming about right now in your life? What is it that's waking you up in the morning? Are you going through the motions like a a hurried hamster in a wheel, really going nowhere, or are you dreaming? Are you dreaming with God? I am so thankful that Jesus shed his blood and made a way that we can get into his presence no matter our performance. We know that we can get to God by the blood of Jesus and get in his presence, and God is able to speak to us about the dreams that he has for our lives, you have certain passions, you have certain desires, you have certain lean-tos that God wants to use and get connected with you so that you can begin to dream. How many of you want to dream? I believe some of you, you want to dream again. You know, many of us, just from the pandemic, we had a lot of expectations, and the pandemic can knock you in the the face, and then you have storms. And, and, you know, the Bible says that a heart deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, that disappointments can trouble your spirit. I'm believing today that you're going to get out of your disappointments and come into faith and begin to dream God and believe for God to begin to do the miraculous in your life. He can do more than what you can do. And God wants you to come to a place of dreaming. So the Bible says in Joel that he was speaking of a day, which was today, that God would be available to all of us and that we would be able to declare the future, see the future, dream. And really, you know, this is, we hear a lot of this with just the world today. You know, you need to dream, dream big. But how many of you know it's a little bit different When you're dreaming with God, because when you're dreaming with God, you start to dream for the right motive. Is it for my glory or for his glory? There is a dream that the world can dream for themselves, but is it God's will or is it my will? Is it to get or is it to give? Is it for pleasure or is it for purpose? Why do I want that corner office? because I want a good pedigree or I want to serve those in uh, influence and influence influencers for the glory of God? Why do I want a big house? There's nothing wrong with a big house, but do I want a big house because I want to be seen with the person with the biggest house in the neighborhood? Or do you have a desire to have a family full with God, meeting with your family, people over your house and reaching your neighbors, and that's why you want a big and beautiful house? Are you tracking with me? Why is it that you want what you want. Why do you want that spouse? Why do you want that spouse? Because you want somebody to serve you or you want somebody to serve? Because you're lonely or because you want to be comfort to somebody? Why do we want what we want? I believe that God's given us all different passions for our purpose. The Bible says, Delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. God begins to deposit uh, passions in your life that he wants to begin to use for his purpose. How many of you know that we are blessed to be a blessing? But the Western mentality is to get all you can get for you, and then maybe you can give a little bit to others. I'm glad that we serve a God that didn't come on the earth to be served, but to serve. I'm glad we serve a God. Think about this. The creator of the universe comes down and literally washes his disciples' feet, took the form of a servant, and that is who our God is. How many of you are thankful that we have a God like that? I'm glad that God met me in my mess. He didn't only accept me when I did good. He accepted me in the middle of my mess and washed off that mess and began to clean me up and raise me up. He didn't wait for me to get it all together and come to him. He said, come to me and I'll get it all together. And God is a God that serves. So we can have dreams, but sometimes our dreams are a little bit different than the world's dream because God wants you to dream to be blessed to have a blessing. Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See what you hear is connected with what you see. What you hear is connected with what you see. Let me ask you, what are you listening to? What is causing the trajectory of your life? Is it what what kind of voices are you listening to? Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we're renewing our mind, not only are we hearing God's uh, word, but we are stretching our faith to actually imagine that in our life. What are you imagining in the future? What are you picturing in the future? What are you looking forward to in the future? We should enjoy the now, but anticipate the future. Let me ask you, has God's word been in your heart where you begin to dream with God? I would love to read something to you. It's in Deuteronomy. We actually read this, Deuteronomy 28. We read this in every wedding, and it's really the blessing of God on your life. I want to challenge you today. When I'm reading this, of course, there are terms like storehouses. We really don't have storehouses any, anymore or fruit baskets or, you know, different things. But it's relating to our life today. And I want to read this today and challenge you to begin to picture and dream about your life, your, future's, your future, your kid's life. I want to read this today and can we try to stretch our faith today? Can we try to not have spiritual ADHD today and focus and lean into God's word and say, I'm not only going to hear it, but I'm going to stretch my faith to picture it. And what you picture today, what you picture today, I don't want you to think, well, that is just a thought that came from me. No, begin to come into faith that that thought comes from God, that God wants you to begin to dream about your life, your personal life dream about your future job dream about your bank account dream about how you're going to be a blessing to others God wants you to begin to dream how many of you know when you have a real dream then it's crystal clear the Bible says uh, it, it says in Habakkuk write the vision down and make it plain let me ask you do you have a dream that is plain that you can write it down and somebody can read it and run with it I You know, a lot of times we begin to dream for things and God, he says, look, you can begin to have a desire and you can have plans, but I will direct your steps. Sometimes when you dream, it won't look exactly like you thought it was going to look like. God will begin to direct your steps, but he directs your steps by coming into faith. How many of you want to come into faith? Now, right here, right now, I'm going to get Leah to come up. I want you to just read Deuteronomy 28, 2 through 13. And I want you to close your eyes right where you are. You're in class right now. We're in faith class. Can we be in faith class right now? It's kind of like a trainer. I want to kind of stretch you a little bit. Can you close your eyes right now? And as she begins to read this scripture, I want you to begin to think about your life, desires that God has put in you, and begin to dream about your future. Can we do that? All right, close your eyes. Let's begin to read it.
1: You will experience all these blessings. Your towns and your fields will be blessed where you live. Your children and your crops will be blessed, kids blessed and provided for. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you'll be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they'll stand in awe. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom.
0: Come on, if you believe that today. Give God a hand if you believe that. I believe today God is speaking to some of us about dreaming to be out of debt. I believe God is speaking to us, some, some of us believing great things for our kids. I want to encourage you to begin to read the word Begin to read the word, listen, and get with God and get get in God's presence and begin to dream. What was the second thing that God did in this portion of Scripture? Not only did he create with the Holy Spirit, not only did he create, but did he think things into being or did he say things into being? He said things. So the second thing is this. We see it, then we speak it. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to speak it. Have you ever known somebody that has told a lie for so long and they actually believe it? They told a lie for years, it changed and morphed for years, and they actually believe it. I have friends in high school that tell a story and it never happened. It just never happened. Because if you, if you say it long enough, you start to believe it yourself. Did you know that it's the opposite? If you begin to speak truth long enough, you'll start to believe it. So you can speak a lie long enough and start to believe it, but it's just the opposite. If you begin to speak truth long enough, you'll begin to believe it. When you begin to speak by faith and not by sight, what things is God calling you to speak today? Because God said, let there be life. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. How many of you want to begin to declare life? I'm going to do something. Stand up right where you, where you are. We're going to begin to declare life right where we are. And I want you to, let's put this on the screen. We're going to start with Philippians 4.19. Let's read this together. I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that? Let's put up Psalms 23, five through six. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Romans eight thirty-one. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you believe that, can you just give God a hand? You can be seated right where you are. I believe when you begin to declare the word, it begins to change the atmosphere. You can even feel in here, it's lighter in here. When you begin to declare God's word, it will change the atmosphere. The enemy does not want you to get in the presence of God. The enemy does not want you to declare those things that are not as though they are because he knows that this is a weapon to begin to really operate in faith. So we should never say that we can't, right? That's a phrase that's not used in our family. We don't say that we can't because we can do all things through Christ Jesus Who strengthens us. We shouldn't say we can't afford that. How many of you know that we serve a God that owns it all? And so I want to, I want to encourage you to cause, to start to change your vocabulary that it lines up to God's word. God said, let there be light. So he created it and then he spoke it. Let's go to number three. He created it, he spoke it, and then he said it. How many days did it take God to create earth and human beings? Six. On the seventh day, he rested, right? So God said, I'm going to create this in six days. God had a goal. God had a goal. I'm going to create the world in six days. Well, you might believe a day is a thousand years to God. It doesn't matter and w- whether it's 6,000 years or six days. God had a goal. How many of you know that we are made in his image and God doesn't just want us to see it, doesn't just want us to say it, but he wants us to set it. When you write that goal down, it becomes real. I remember for years, Lee and I said, we're going to start something in New Orleans. And we started to say it. We would come down here. We would start to declare it. We would start to speak it. Didn't know how it was going to happen. Didn't know how God would open the door, but begin to say it. And it got real when we begin to set a date. We said it for years. But when we said March 30th, we are going to start the church, it was like, man, something... Something was like, there's a date, and now I need God's grace to get us to that date. Because God doesn't want us to just be dreamers. How many of you know that that living the dream looks a lot different than dreaming the dream? It's totally different. The difference between a goal and a dream is that you put a deadline on it. That's the difference between a goal and a dream. You know, Proverbs 8. 24 says that wisdom sets. Wisdom sets. So before the world ever was created, he set boundaries of the ocean and he set things in place. And it is wisdom to set things in your life. It's wisdom to set goals in your life. Let me ask you, have you gone through so much that you are tired of setting goals? I know I've been there. You're like, I set that goal and it didn't happen. I set that goal, and I failed. Can I encourage you to get back up? The righteous fall seven times and get back up seven. God wants you to come into faith and begin to get some goals in your life. How many of you believe that? And so when we start to write these goals out, I want you to ask three questions. Will this goal honor God? Is this goal motivated by love? Will this goal require depending on God? It's not a faith goal if you just can do it. It's a faith goal if only God can do it. And some practical things in our life that we should do or could do, we cannot do. Have you ever tried to get rid of that addiction, but you couldn't do it? That's a goal. You need to say, I'm going to set this in my life, and I'm going I'm to lean on God and trust him that he's going to begin to break this off of my life. He can do things in an instant, but he also wants you to challenge your will, work with your will. God has given us a will as well, and when our will lines up with his and we rely on him, he'll begin to bring us where we cannot go on our own. Have you ever gone through something before and you look back and said, I have no clue how I went through that? It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God in your life. See, a goal is a statement of faith. Let the size of your goals or let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. Let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. Small God, small goals. Big God, big goals. How many of you want a big God? You have them. I'm I'm encouraging you today to stretch your faith and begin to live by design and not default. When we don't have goals, we live by default and not design. We go in the same circles. Have you ever moved in a location before? In the first few months when you moved in that location, by default in your brain, you're always going back to your old house or going back to your old job or going back to your old thing. How many of you want to not live by default, but you want to begin to live by God's design, the new thing in your life? I believe God is going to stir up your faith And you're going to begin to set goals in your life. And you're not going to live by the circumstances, but you're going to live by faith. See, if you don't have goals in your life, you are giving control of your life to other people and circumstances. Come on, somebody. Without goals, you're not living. You're just reacting. I've been there, man where you're just reacting, you're reacting to the storm, you're reacting to circumstances. But when you have a goal, you're able to go through your circumstances with strength and grace because you know that God is with you and you're confident about where God is taking you. Ephesians 3.20, I want to encourage you with this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. How many of you want God to outdo your dreams and outdo your imagination? The first part is for us to dream so he can outdo it. The first job for us is to begin to get with him and dream. See, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what God can do through us in 10 years. So it's not these big, 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 big steps. Your big goals might take a lot of little bitty small steps. We don't like the small steps. We would rather the microwave faith, right? Pop it in, pop it out, it's ready to go. But God is saying, listen, I don't want you to just have, I don't want you to just dream big and wait for me to do something. God can do it. But I want you to dream big and begin to have the discipline to chop at that thing every single day. See, what goals will do, it will start to build character in you. See, God is more concerned, honestly, about the character inside of you than you just living out your dream. What he does in your dream is he builds character in you. And so maybe you didn't hit that goal last time. God's saying, get back up. You're better than you were before. I've been having some goals I'm still working on for years. I still haven't accomplished it, but I'm still relying on God that He's gonna give me the strength to go through it. And I can say I'm better than I was yesterday. How many of you are glad that God has taken you out of what you were in? You might be uncomfortable going to the new thing, but living by faith, you start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You never grow unless you're stretched. And God will always stretch you to go in new venues, new ideas, new places, because he wants you to not just have it all together. He wants you to rely on him because that's what faith is. God, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you're in a place that you're like, man, God, I'm relying on you. I can't do it without you. You're in a good place. Because when God brings you to the other side, you're not going to say it was because of my strength. You're going to say it's because of the strength of your God. And you're going to begin to have a testimony and help other people that haven't been where you are. And God is going to use your faith to help those that are in need. Some of you, you've gotten out of addictions and God is waiting for you to have a goal to get others out of addictions. Some of you, God has gotten you out of debt And it wasn't just because of good planning, because you know you had a habit of hitting that credit card, the MasterCard, right? And God gave you the grace to get out of debt so that you can help somebody else get out of debt and help their life. How many of you know that God only brings us to where we want to go so that we can bring other people with us? We don't need to be a bunch of heroes, we need to be hero makers that... If I can go this far, then the people behind me can go further. It baffles my mind that Jesus said, "Greater things than you will do than I do." Then Jesus, what was God's heart? I want you to go even further, but I'm always going to be the master. And so, for our lives, what is God stirring in you? I love to hear dreams and ideas of you know uh, people read the news and read about the darkness and read about the murders and read read about the crime and. And, but if God called you to be here, he might call you to shine your light in where you are. Instead of always pointing your fingers, he might give you a goal to make some change. I was meeting with people this week that was like, what are we going to do with our youth? They're not complaining about it. They're saying, what is God calling us to do? Because it's in the darkest hour that God loves to shine the brightest. What is God speaking to you? Yes, he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, to, uh, to have, but he really wants you to begin to look more like him next point number four Risa, you can come back up and we can play number four god wants us to sort it god wants us to sort it isn't it interesting that god's main objective was to make human beings to look like him but first he created light he literally created a schedule God literally created light. He knew that he could have the human beings, but first things come first. And so in our life, it's the same way because a lot of times, you know, we can, we can, you know, speak it and we can go after it. But how many of you know that your schedule will reflect your priorities? (laughs) We have the schedule for our workplace, but we don't have a schedule for prayer. You can tell me right now when you go to work. Can you tell me right now when you pray? And it's not about just having a daily, but hey, listen, it's important. If I really wanna have a, a, a date night a week, I need to know when I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna set it. Come on. What things in your life that God wants you to set, begin to put on schedule? Because listen, God's ultimate dream was to have children, but he had to have priorities in his life to sustain those children. So in other words, God wants you to have the dream that you're dreaming about in your life, but he wants you to have the priorities in your life to sustain that dream. So it's one thing to dream big dreams, but what God's really important, what he's really wanting to get involved with is that you begin to prioritize the right things. Now, did you know that God is a God of firsts? God is a God of firsts. He's a God of priorities. He's a God of firsts. I want to really try to teach this really quick because when God began to speak this to my life, it really changed my life. Revelations 1, 5 through 6. It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn, say firstborn. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us, washed us, from our sins in his own blood. He has made us kings and priests to his God, the Father, to him be glory, dominion forever. This is what God's saying. That Jesus was the firstborn and the firstborn was a priority. The firstborn was sacrificed so that the rest would be blessed. The firstborn. So the Bible had a principle back in the day about the firstborn. For example, for example, if You had a donkey. A donkey was considered unclean, but you wanted more donkeys. The first donkey that came out, you would give that donkey to the Lord so the rest would be blessed. Or you would actually find a lamb to begin. You would slaughter that lamb, and the rest, what was unclean became clean. In other words, God had a substitute. You would begin to sacrifice a lamb and the rest would be blessed. It's the same thing that God did when Jesus was on the cross. He was sacrificed. He was the lamb for the unclean us so that we can be kings and priests that come after him. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God gives his first. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he gave his first. The first was given so the rest would be blessed. That's why when they went to go fight in Jericho and God was like, I want the first city. And they took what they shouldn't take in the first city and they lost the rest of the battles because God said, I wanted the first. It wasn't until they changed and said, God, the first I give to you. And God allowed them to beat the rest of the nations. Why? Because God is a God of firsts. Before the law was ever given, Abraham, he began to give God first with Melchizedek. It was a king. We didn't know where he came from, but it represents God. All the spoils that Abraham got, he gave Melchizedek his first. How many of you want to be a people that has the nature of God and be willing to give first? So why do we even meet on Sundays? Because it's the first day of the week. It's the first day of the week. Now, this is not law. This is not like, well, it can't be a Monday or Tuesday. But this is the day that they, you know, we decided this is the first day of the week. I'm going to give God my first so the rest is blessed. The problem is. We want to have the dreams and we get going and we can even get the dreams. But if your priorities are in line, uh, not in line, then the foundation will crumble. God cares more about your first than your plans. So if I give God the first of my day, the rest is blessed. Come on, somebody. Why do I give God? Why do I want to wake up in the morning and give God my first? Because I know that he's a God of first. And if I prioritize and I give my first. I can tell about your life and priorities by your time and your finances. How many of you know that our finances go to what's important? That's why we even say we give our first even when it comes to my finances because I believe the tenth is a test. God always tests with a tenth and I believe that when you give God your first and your best, the rest is blessed. Do you believe that? I didn't say it, God said it. He even said in Malachi, the only portion in scripture, he said, test me in this and see that I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. I don't know about you, but I like those kind of blessings where I can't contain. He said, test me. I'm here to stir up your faith to say, will you, begin to, will you begin to dream with God? Will you begin to declare things in your future? Will you begin to write down goals? And will you begin to make God's first thing a priority? Will you become a person of first? And I'm gonna close with this one, number five. Number five, seize it, seize it. You know what's great about a plan? great about a plan is that you break them down into days. I love that Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worrying for its own. Seize the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Sometimes I have a problem with worrying about tomorrow, not or forgetting that God actually has tomorrow in his hand. But when you have a plan and say, listen, today, I can only worry about today and have God's grace for today. God said, this is a plan for your peace. Whenever you begin to have a dream, begin to say, I'm going to focus on the day. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. If God can clothe the fields, if God can take care of the birds, he's going he's to take care of his children. Do you believe that? I want to encourage you today to stop worrying about tomorrow. Plan for tomorrow, but only be concerned about today because God's going to give you grace for the day. Do you believe that? And this is ultimately what I want us to be focused on today. And it's in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It says we're all running this race. We're all running this race of faith. We're all in a certain lane in our life. Your lane doesn't look like my lane. I don't have to compare you to what I'm doing. I don't have to compare your faith to my faith. God says that he's given everybody a certain measure of faith. How many of you are thankful that you have a measure? We just have to be faithful with the measure that he gives us, and he will make it bigger. But this is, this is a race that we're in. And Hebrews is talking about this, and he's saying this is how you withstand or this is how you sustain this is how you have endurance in the race I believe that God is going to cause you to seize the day have you ever been through so much you don't feel like doing anything for a long period of time it's called burnout burnout is a real thing I believe God wants to give you a reset God wants to give you a reset I used to love when I played games back in the day if I was doing really bad I was able to just start over I just hit reset. God wants you to reset today. He wants, to, he wants you to reset, and he wants you to not be burned out. He wants you to have some rest. That's why even on the sixth day, on the seventh day, he rested. Did you know that the word holy, the first time it was ever mentioned in the Bible was when God said that he made a Sabbath, and he called it holy. Some of you, we need a we need a reset button. We need to dream big, but we also need to have priorities to take care of ourselves. And then we, running this race, we need our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because ultimately, that's what he wants for our lives, is our eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm going to read this scripture, and we're going to close. Are y'all okay? Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. says, did you see what all of the, th- this means? All the pioneers who blazed the way all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd rap, we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. Say never quit. never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Can you say that with me? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Say it one more time. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. So listen to this, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, Jesus on the cross, item by item, that long litany of hostility he piled through plowed through. Now listen to this. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. How many of you need some spiritual adrenaline in your life? Let's do something today and hit the reset button. Go over what Jesus did, and when we begin to focus on what he did and rely on him, we begin to get spiritual adrenaline in our souls. We hit a reset button, and he gives us the strength to have endurance. How many of you want that today? come on if you want that just stand up right where you are I'm going to pray for you before we do that if there's somebody in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus we have a team that's praying together the bible says that if you believe in him and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord that you will be saved and so today if you're saying you know what I want to I want a new start I want a relationship with God I want I don't want religion I, I need him in my life I'm tired of living this life on my own. I want his design for my life. If you say that today, if everybody in here can close their eyes and bow their heads, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I ask you to come into my life. I turn away from my own way and I pick up your way. From this day forward, I declare that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. The Bible says this, that when you pray that prayer that your sins go as far as the east to the west, they are no more. The Bible also says that you've become a new creation. All old things are passed away and all things become new in your life. You might think that God is here today because he's He's really trying to go after that perfect person. It it is the contrary. The Lord says that he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. You are the reason he's here in this room today. And today you need to know that if you were the only person on the face of the earth, he would go to the cross and he would die for you. The Bible says that when one person turns to God, all the heavens rejoice. And so if you said that prayer today with nobody looking around, With every eye closed, can you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. You can put that down. Church 54, can we have a party with heaven on the count of three and rejoice with heaven? Those that said they wanted to turn to God. One, two, three. Come on, give God a hand. Give God a shout. I'm going to say one more prayer, and we're going to have, if angel, you can come down and And if my parents can come down, we're going to, I'm going to say a prayer for you. Reese is going to continue to play and we're going to put some music on. If you need prayer after service, you can come down to the front. We can pray for you. But I believe that God is going to begin to stir you up this week, that you're going to begin to see, you're going to begin to see it. You're going to begin to speak it and you're going to begin to set it right? And you're going to begin to be in a place where you, you begin to not only put it in your schedule, but you know that you can sort it. You can prioritize and you're putting God first today and you're going to seize the day with peace because you're going to rely on God and what he did on the cross. If you want to receive that today, can you just lift up your hand? I'm going to say a prayer for you. Come on, lift your hands where you are, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that we're your children, that you shed your blood for us that we have access to you, that we have your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we pray today that you give us a grace to dream, that you give us a grace to declare your word, that you begin to give us faith as we look to you. I thank you, Lord, as we come into faith, you're giving us grace, and I thank you that it's pleasing you. I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit says the Lord, do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. Come on, give God a hand today.